Forest, a festive greetings to you and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching, where we help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science, storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen for your children to become amazing and successful human beings. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me this week is... I'm Bex, and um, I'm a Key Stage 2 teacher from a 2 form entry primary school in Cambridgeshire, and I also help with initial teacher training as well. Hi, I'm Rob. Uh, I'm also a Key Stage 2 teacher, and I've worked with Year 5 and 6, as well as Year 4 and Year 3. Abby Marison, I'm Education Programme Manager at Festival Bridge. And today we are exploring learning outcomes in history and physical education with this week's Christmas folktale from the Middle East. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for Come On Little Camel. There you can stream a video of me and the little camel telling the story for your children. And if you sign up as an Epic Educator, you can also get a copy as an ebook or paperback illustrated by the remarkable Corky Paul. Download the full audiobook at any time and even pick up some tips for telling the story yourself. Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with Rob, Abby and Bex here because we've sadly had to say goodbye to Jen. Uh, and Bex, I, I don't think we should go too far without remarking upon your awesome Christmas jumper, the, the Wonder Woman Christmas jumper. Thank you. It's my favourite. <laughs> I'm a little bit biased, of course, because I am wearing a Christmas Superman jumper. So we do kind of have a DC Christmas theme going on here. And it wasn't even planned, was it? It was just... It like... wasn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> Total surprise. Um, and probably what also wasn't really planned was the fact that um, we were talking a lot about RE, even as far back, really, as our PSHE and it, that theme has run on into the art discussion that we were having with Jen, the discussion we had with Rob and Abby. And I mean, it probably makes sense given that it's like Christmas time and that's a religious festival. But how does it feed into your history and geography topics, Bex? Well, I was I was kind of thinking about um, the theme of journeys. So I know that that links a little bit um, to some of the other ideas that have been shared. So obviously, like in, um, so thinking of a history, taking the historical side of the story, actually thinking of the journey that everybody had to make to get to Bethlehem from where they were going, the mm. type of terrain, how long it would take, and and the difference that journey, if you were to like transport the story to uh, modern day times, the difference in the journeys. So thinking about all the, t the advancements ah. in technology and in uh, modes of transport and the things that are similar and the things that are different, because a lot of the historian skills that we need to teach our children from very early on all the way up to year six is recognising the similarities and differences and also things that we can yeah. learn from the, the past that we've still got because of um, what happens the significant events in the past. So obviously we've still got um, basically birthday celebrations because of that very, very first celebration of someone's birth. Obviously now mm. every year people celebrate their own, you know, we celebrate our birthdays and did, I guess the children could research, did birthdays start happening, being celebrated at that moment or were there pre-Jesus birthday Ooh. parties? So just really think... It's a good question. I want I know, to know this I don't, now. <laughs> I don't actually know the answer. I was just thinking that's a... Um, <laughs> so there's, quite, there's quite a lot of journeys and obviously the, um, yeah. the Magi would have come from further away. So they would have arrived at the um, wherever the camels lived in the Middle East. 
the camel family, they would have arrived there had it, having come from somewhere else to the mm-hmm. that place and, and, and then going on to Bethlehem. So thinking all about um, journeys and transportation and perhaps even considering how the journey would have taken place had it been 100 years later, had it been a thousand years later and present day. So really mm. thinking about modes of transport, because that I think that'd be quite an interesting kind of history topic linked to the journey. Yeah. And of course, I'm sure people will, uh, lots of children will automatically think of um, camels and possibly horses as um, potential options for the Magi. But to know that elephants were included as well starts to throw a little bit of that history and geography in there. It ties in quite nicely with what you were suggesting for us yesterday, Rob, about the the pilgrimages idea. Could you also see there being an historical element to that, kind of looking at how pilgrimages are different now to what they were or where they came from? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, even thinking about the... Uh, the different places that are visited as well. So I know the the town of Santiago de Compostela on the uh, northwestern coast of Spain is a a famous pilgrimage site, and the the Camino, as it's called, to get there visits all kinds of famous places. You could look at when that started and the history of the the settlements that built up along the routes and why did they build up and why were they spaced the way they were. Mm. Um, if you wanted to link it more to British history, you could look at the journey that Queen Eleanor took when she died. She died in the north of England, and I can't remember the king's name at the time, but every place they stopped, they built a, a statue, a monument to commemorate the fact that they stopped there. Uh-huh. There's one in Milton Keynes, which is why I know part of this. Well, there you go. <laughs> I know we're not speaking directly of elephants, and it kind of a few minutes ago, but like um, the fact the role that elephants played in the war. So in um, mm. in particularly in World War One, they were used to carry like um, guns and um, artillery because, particularly in the Middle East. So you could again link the um, if the story had taken place in wartime in the Middle East, there would have been lots of elephants, and elephants would have been their main one of their main forms of um, kind of transport and also to carry heavy loads and also to they also used elephants in the place of horses in in fields because most of the horses had gone for the cavalry so just like they're so their role of animals in major events in history you could really pick that up because obviously you've got the the camel and the camels in the birth of Jesus then you've got the donkey like if you're thinking Bible stories in Palm Sunday, um, yeah. even before Jesus, you could link at the uh, look at the kind of elephants, um, the animals in the ark. Then you've got like the war and the role that animals played in the war, and even bringing it up to modern day, you can talk about like guide dogs and hearing dogs and like roles that other animals play in our societies. So working on this with your children, would you see this as being like a, a research project that you'd set them or a display to create? We did um, a big question in our history topic once, which is kind of where this all this thinking came from, uh, mm-hmm. that said, what role did animals play in the, or how important were animals in winning the war? Uh-huh. Um, so I guess you could say how important were animals in, um, in the Christmas story? Because actually nobody would have got to where they went to, even Mary and Joseph, because they had to travel without, to Bethlehem yeah. without Very the donkey. True. So actually they were pretty important. And the shepherds mm. brought the sheep as a present. Um, and without Elsie, there would have been no presents for anybody, yeah, and there would continue to be no presents for anybody. So I guess you could <laughs> you could do a little bit of research and and base your kind of question about what the children are looking at the importance of animals in that in that certain time period on your history topic 
for whatever year group you're teaching. And working your skills progression backwards and having to say it in a way that all the educators listening will know, it's quite sad that you may get young people joining you in nursery and reception not knowing what an elephant is, having no yes. understanding, no concept of the size of the... So it's it's coming back to some of those opportunities. If they've not been to a zoo, if they've not really seen a photograph or a book, just covering some of those basics. And, and with this story in particular, they may not have been exposed to what most people know traditionally as the nativity story, so that there was a mm. character called Mary and Joseph, that they rode a donkey, that they went to a stable. And they need to have that understanding, just like if you're doing takes on traditional tales, they need to know the original before mm. they can understand the jokes yeah. and, yeah. and the, those little bits. Having that as a, as a pre-activity to this is quite important so that they've got that understanding before they, they hear this version. Mm. So again, thinking about journeys, I was thinking, how could you, how could you show this journey using dance and gymnastics? So Ooh. I would, I was thinking about how I could get my class or the group to show different parts of the journey, and would you use different kinds of movements to show different bits, different speeds of movement? Would you show some jumps to show surprise? Would you show different balances and things like that? Mm. Just to link it to journeys and how the all the different characters reacted. Because again, we've got camels, we've got elephants, we've got kings. They're all going to move in different ways, or kings, wise men. Um, Wasn't Elsie in a hole at certain points? Yeah, in the middle of the desert. Yeah. So how would you how would a camel forward roll into a cave? <laughs> Great question. <laughs> but yeah, you, you suddenly got the opportunity to to try different types of movement as well, like moving like elephants, moving like scorpions, like snakes, uh, hyenas, and and all of the others. Yeah, it's a great idea. And I guess you could link it to the kind of like dance terms like unison and canon and everything because they could all, because it sounds like from me, the story that everyone's doing everything in unison with the exception of Elsie, mm. who's doing everything oh, on her own. Yeah. So she's kind of making her own pathways. She's stopping, she's getting distracted, but everybody else's work is moving in the same like direction mm. and she's off elsewhere. So you could look at some of their actual dance techniques um, and pathways being one of them as well so that would link really nicely to back to journeys hadn't even thought of that one Rob thank you great plan <laughs> did you have any other areas around history and geography Bex so one of the uh, parts of the national curriculum in kit for key stage two so that's age seven and upwards is all about like um, weather and climate and studying the similarities and differences between your locality yeah. of your school and then somewhere else and I was thinking like I'm fascinated by sandstorms like when when I was reading that there was a sandstorm, like actually, how does that happen? What are the weather conditions? <laughs> Could it possibly happen anywhere else? And then I was thinking about there's um, some really lovely books about the weather. There's one called The Weather Weaver, where somebody gets to weave it, the weather and the Stormkeeper's Island. And just thinking about lots of kind of linking back to the English that we talked about, looking at different like weather um, phenomenons, I guess, so like tornadoes and um, uh, like the the is there a bowl in Texas, like the Texas Bowl, that always whips around the, the weather so you often get tornadoes there? But I was thinking the children would be really fascinated in the sandstorm. Yeah. So how does that happen? So lots about uh, the, the weather of the locality of the Middle East. So looking at, obviously, why we have the camels and the cactuses. Mm. Obviously, you can then look about look at linking back to our science. You could be thinking about the plants that grow there because of the, the weather conditions and the people that live there and how they 
construct their houses, for example, because they've got to be able to withstand sand storms. It's a nice tongue twist there if you need one. But yeah, just really, I, I get quite fascinated by the weather in different places and it's very different to our locality yeah. when you think about the humidity and the and the heat and the fact that the camels, and then you think about the camels, that they can go for ages without having to eat because mm. of the way their bodies work together so i just thought it the children would really enjoy learning about the well, weather Bex, yeah. you've just reminded me of, of one of my thoughts with nursery and reception with their continuous provision because you've always got a sand pit in the room yes. and i was thinking okay <laughs> how can you actually bring the learning from the story actually into the sand pit and there's a there's a whole section in the story about the hoof prints being covered over That's right, um yeah. so it would be nice to actually do a little bit of science a little bit of uh uh, identifying different prints from different animals. But if you yeah. could actually have those and put print stick over the print and then cover it with sand and make sort of sand prints and, and the young people could have things that they could take away with them. Oh, but wow. try and make some of that that sand continuous provision into something that links to the, the story, but links to lots of other elements of the learning as well. So, oh, yeah. And they could try and get them to stay as well, like because obviously the yeah. prince disappeared. So great you, science investigation. Yeah. The, yeah. How could you change it? I know that's science, not, but just a great idea of, okay, so she could, and luckily for the starlight that she could see. Mm. We can't finish a podcast on geography without having a snow-based cracker joke, if you've got one, Rob. Uh, what do you get if you cross a vampire and a snowman? Uh, like I should oh, know this, but don't. Frostbite. <laughs> Frostbite. <laughs> One. Ah. Abby is just nodding. I'm, I'm just wondering no, why I'm she joined this podcast. Only, only joke I can remember from a cracker last year, and I know the punchline is snowballs, but it's probably not appropriate. I can't even remember what the joke was. <laughs> That's all we have time for today, folks. If you try out any of these ideas, or if you'd like us to help you teach a topic you're soon to cover with your young learners, let us know on social media using at Teach Happily, or leave us a review using your favourite podcast app. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can enjoy effective and lifelong learning. Tomorrow, Elsie will help us teach computing and drama. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio, and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio, cheerio. and we, and we hope, hope to, to hear, hear your, your story, story soon. soon.